Hello, and welcome to the Sculpture Life Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Katona in Mexico City, Mexico, and this is a new season of the show. I had put a pin in the podcast after the first one because of, I'm going to say, a major life change that happened in 2021. Well, I decided to go travel for a year with my brother. I really felt like I needed a change after years of being in Toronto and not to mention how the pandemic really shifted a lot of things for me. I really began just pondering and, you know, just like questioning my life direction, my career path, my purpose, what I desired in a relationship and how do I want to show up in the world and what inspires me. So all these questions began really coming up into my awareness after a period of deep healing in 2020 and 2021. And so I left last October around this time and my first stop was Los Angeles. Um, I had always wanted to check out LA. I love the beach. I know there's a big fitness culture there. And so I landed and I stayed there for two months and I really... I really enjoyed the city. I enjoyed a lot of things about it. The music scene, the movie, the movie scene, um, the beach, of course. But it didn't really quite feel like home. Not like I was actually, you know, planning to live there. But after two months, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to check out the next place. And so my brother started off in Mexico City. He was there three weeks before while I was in LA and he told me, you need to come to Mexico City. You're absolutely going to love it. And so literally after a few weeks of landing here, I absolutely fell in love with it. It's like Mexico opened, welcomed me with open arms and said, welcome home. Like that's truly how it felt. And I've, I've traveled a decent amount in the past, but there had never been a city where I felt like this is it. This is, this is where I want to settle. And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people ask me like, why Mexico City? What drew you there? And to be completely honest, in retrospect, thinking back, I, you know, I traveled around Mexico quite a bit when I was younger. And, you know, my mom and dad took me to different parts of Mexico, Ixtapa, Puerto Vallarta. I was, I checked out Tulum. So I, I've been, a, I've been around some places within Mexico and I always loved Latin culture. To be honest, me and my siblings, all of us, we have always been drawn to Latin culture. And you can ask any of my friends. I was always jamming to Latin music or throwing a Mexican theme party and, I wonder sometimes because we grew up with Eastern European parents. My parents immigrated here from Eastern Europe in their 20s and started a new life here. And Eastern European culture, I would say, is quite different to Mexican culture in many ways. And I, I wonder if it's that whole, you know, we crave the opposite of what we or like how we grew up. And, you know, Mexicans really value family and balance in their life and they love to celebrate things. And, you know, they're very vibrant, warm and loving. And it's just, it really drew me in. And I've learned so much about what home means and or I've been, re, so I've been redefining what home means to me and what family means. And it's been, I think it's been very healing in many ways for me. And all that being said, thinking back to, you know, my love for Mexico, 
growing up, it's it's really not that big of a surprise that I moved here, even though it is still a big life change, you know, culture shock in many ways. It didn't really feel like, wow, this was a crazy move or I feel like, you know, what have I done? You know, it just felt so natural, like it was the next step in my journey. And then I fell in love in the first three weeks, actually, that I was in Mexico City. And um, to be completely honest, um, this was this has been my first, I don't want to say serious relationship, but I'm going to say it's been the one the one relationship where I've really felt ready to fully receive and give love unconditionally. And it is kind of a monumental moment for me. And this has been a testament to all the inner work that I've done over the last two and a half years. Uh, I was always in and out of relationships for years in my 20s in, you know, unstable situations on and off. And I was dating a lot of people and trying on people for size instead of really asking myself, like, what do I want and who do I want in my life? And I I really struggled with boundaries. Um, I didn't really have an anchor. So it's been this long process of unwinding from old patterns and beliefs around relationships. And it's been very rewarding. It was quite painful at times, but also very rewarding. And I I bring this up because it's going to tie into the theme and other things that I'm going to be talking about as this episode unfolds. So basically, I was always someone that idolized people in relationships. I had this narrative that I I couldn't be in a relationship like that or I wasn't, I'm not meant to be in a healthy, loving relationship. And that was the narrative and the story that I carried with me for many years. And so for me, I equated being in a relationship with success, which is wrong on so many levels because as soon as we basically attach our self-worth to someone else and we basically derive our sense of self-worth from being in a relationship, I mean, we're already not in a great place, right? And that relationship is going to be built on that. And so there was a lot of beliefs that I was clinging on to that I had to really address and really dive deep and do the hard work of, you know, questioning them and challenging them. And I had a lot of fears around you know, security in a relationship. And I was always attracting emotionally unavailable partners and I would self-sabotage myself in relationships. And so I, you know, I did a lot of deep somatic work around all these fears. And so, you know, I just want to add that the healing work never ends. So, you know, I had done a lot of work prior to getting into this relationship with my new love. And it's like, once you enter a relationship, you're going into level two of healing, you know? It's, um, it actually, I feel like it really accelerates, accelerates the healing journey because you have that other person to mirror back at you the things that maybe you aren't aware of and the blind spots uh, are being highlighted. And so it's been really interesting. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think to myself like, oh, I've done so much work. You know, the ego gets in the way. I've, I've done so much work and, you know, um, I don't have any more healing to do. And then, you know, boom, you're in a relationship and then all these triggers and other things uh, start to come up again. And so it's just, it's really ongoing and it never, it never ends. And I think that I've really come to terms with that even as I've entered a very loving relationship. And so anyway, the purpose and the theme of this solo episode today, it's it's all about 
rebirth, reinventing myself and stepping into the unknown, releasing control and expectations, which had been major themes throughout my life that I really wanted to challenge, shift, and honestly let go of. And so really what better way to do that than to move to a completely new country, new language, new culture. And let's put it this way, Mexico has been such an integral part of my growth. It's taught me, you know, it's really taught me to be flexible. I think you need to be flexible to live in Mexico. Um, It's taught me to keep my heart open. That's been a huge lesson and to show up as I am and to simply expect the unexpected and also to believe in magic and just allow the universe to support and guide me. Te amo, Mexico, truly. This past year, I truly felt like I went through this rebirth process, as in, and when I say rebirth, it's like coming into who I am, who I really am, and shedding a lot of the old things that I had been holding on to, and just stepping into this more authentic version of myself, because I truly feel that in the past, I had always put myself in a box And I used to label myself as this or that, or I'm a fitness person. And, you know, it felt quite constraining in many ways. And I don't feel like it fully, don't feel like it represented the full scope of who I am. And so it's been a rediscovery of that. And it's been a very beautiful process. And I've been able to embrace all these different aspects of myself and like the full spectrum of my emotions because I had a lot of hard difficulty accepting the different emotions that live within me, you know, accepting that I can feel angry sometimes, accepting that I can feel sad or that I can feel uh, fearful or whatever it is. And so I've really been, I've been, I've been able to play and to, yeah, I like to say like play. I've been able to play and to kind of get to know those emotions better and to not not be scared of them. At the end of the day, they're just they're just emotions, right? And so I've really learned to embrace all of them. And you know, when I look back at photos of myself even 2 or 3 years ago, it's hard to believe that it was me when I look back into those photos just because of how much I've shifted in the last couple years. And it's really it's really interest it's really interesting to look back and be like, "Oh, wow, like I really I really wasn't true to myself in those years." Or when I look back in that photo, I can see like what I must have felt or what I was going through. And I so I've shed a lot of that and I feel very grateful to to feel like a sense of home in my own body and in myself. And yeah, like I guess the way I can describe myself in the past was when I think back to my mid to, mid to late 20s was, you know, I, I don't feel like I didn't really feel like I fit in anywhere. I didn't feel like I belonged to like a specific group, but I had I had a lot of friends from different walks of life. And I I think that the, the reason why I didn't feel a sense of belonging was because I didn't feel like I was true to myself. I felt like I was wearing this mask for many years. And, you know, I think I would, I don't know if my friends would describe me as this, but 
when I think back, I felt, you know, I was a bit stoic or kind of aloof in my friendships or with people in terms of, like, I would keep people at an arm's length and I didn't really want to be seen or, or feel vulnerable. And, you know, even thinking in, thinking about my career path as a fitness coach, I mean, just right there, there's kind of a hierarchy. You know, when you're in the, this position of coaching people, does it really allow you to be seen? And it's kind of like you're you're in this, you know, healer mode. You're taking on this like healer personality and coach personality. And that doesn't really allow you to show your true colors. Or that was the that was my experience anyway. And so now all that all being said and kind of giving you guys a bit of a rundown on how I used to be or how I would have described myself in the past. Now I kind of want to talk about how I would describe myself now and who who I am and who I've who I've become or I mean who I've always been but now who I feel that I'm like this is this is my truest essence and so I think it's sometimes a strange question to ask ourselves you know how would I describe myself but just to you know give you guys some like idea I would describe myself I would say I'm definitely an entrepreneur at heart. I thrive off challenges a lot. I really like living on the edge, taking risks. I have always been like that. And I really like, I actually really like to go into dark places um, and really explore like uncharted territory and, you know, really dive into my own psyche and subconscious. I really, really enjoy that stuff. I find it, I find this sense of self-understanding and really getting to know myself to be very, I don't know, exciting and rewarding. And so I would describe myself like that. I have experienced what I call is the dark night of the soul twice in my life where I've had two, you know, major life crises where I suffered from depression and anxiety, um, I was drinking a lot. I had a lot of emotional repression. I was dealing with a lot of body image issues and coming to terms with my sexuality. And these two major life crises that I experienced, one at 18 and one at 27, is ultimately what helped me realize my purpose and realign me on my path. And I'll be forever grateful for those experiences. Um, I would also describe myself as an empath. I didn't really quite understand to what degree that I had been or that I have been an empath. But I do know that even in my career as a coach, I was very sensitive, you know, to if I would have clients coming in and, you know, feeling I could sense if they were sad or going through something and I would just absorb all of that. And so now that I've really come to terms with how empathic I am, I've really learned to honor what I need to do as an empath to, you know, protect my energy. And, you know, I know that, as social as I am, I do need a lot of time to, you know, regulate, like emotionally regulate. I need time to go into my own little, in my own little bubble. And, um, and then I can come out like after a while. So I would also describe myself as a free spirit. And I had a lot of, you know, misconceptions with that term in the past. And, you know, but now I, realized that no I mean I'm a free spirit in the sense that I do what I want when I want 
obviously within reason. And my decisions in life are usually guided by intuition and with my heart. You know, when I I quit my my job and started my business, moving to Mexico, all the relationships, all the all the big things that I've ever pursued have always been guided by by intuition and by by heart. And I would definitely describe myself as someone emotional. And I think that it would be hard for some of my friends to see that because I've always put on this kind of, in the past, tough um, tough exterior. But I always said tough on the outside, but super, super soft on the inside. But now I feel like I'm able to embrace that. And, um, you know, I definitely feel things to the extreme. So if I feel an emotion, everything, you know, it's very amplified. So joy, sadness, fear, whatever it is, I definitely feel those things very strongly. And this is something that's been, that I've discovered over the last couple of years and they were so so repressed that I wasn't able to access them before um, I'm a wellness enthusiast I used to focus a lot on the physical I used to uh, I derived a lot of motivation from physical things like training and you know uh, challenging my body and you know taking myself to the uh, to the extremes on the physical level but now in the last three years I've really learned to integrate mind body soul in a way that you know I'm really taking care of you know my emotional states I'm taking care of my mental health you know I really practice mindfulness you know dived into meditation proper nutrition proper sleep self-care you know all those things that I used to kind of neglect in the past when I was just kind of very one-dimensional and focused on the physical so now I have a much more holistic all-encompassing approach to wellness and um, this has also been very much tied into my personal journey and um, I would say I'm someone that definitely worries about the small things way too much so it's interesting because I'll sweat the small things like if I forgot to text a friend back I'll be thinking about it till six in the morning (laughs) Um, but then the big things you know or big life crises or big big changes I'm I'm all for it I'm that's I'm in my element and I can tackle it no problem so it's it's really quite interesting and um, I definitely am an art lover all forms of creative expression I find beauty in all forms of creative expression and I think that living in Mexico has definitely helped um, expand that for me and has helped me really actually just realize like how much I really appreciate art and you know any form of creative expression really and I am also I call myself a student of life I've been obsessed with reading books on you know psychology health and self-development since I was 13 I probably have over 100 books back home in Toronto on these type of topics and I've always been interested in them and I've also been very fortunate to have amazing mentors and female mentors in my life that have helped guide me on the on my path from my you know reiki and meditation teacher to my actual my mentor in toronto and my my therapist so i've been very fortunate and i've surrounded myself with these women that have really been able to propel me on this path it's been i think that if they weren't in my life i don't think i mean i know for sure that i wouldn't be where i am now without them another thing about me is I didn't own a TV for many years. Um, People found that kind of strange, but I actually do, I do like 
I do like movies. I will tune into a show once in a while. I love a good art film, documentaries, all that kind of stuff. So I just didn't own a TV because I like books better. Um, anyway, so now I want to go, that's a little bit about me. If you guys, you know, just to give you guys some info or just to give you guys some background on me and like who I am at my core. Um, now I want to go back to the healing, the healing work that happened in the pandemic and how I've come out on the other side. And I want to talk about the lessons that I've learned this year living by traveling and living in Mexico um, and how I've evolved, you know, because of those lessons. So when I, when the pandemic hit, I spent those two years going inward to heal a lot of wounds that I had around relationships because this had been the the area of my life that I felt I needed to work on because I wasn't satisfied with simply being in and out of relationships and, you know, dating a lot. I really wanted, I really was craving a loving, you know, monogamous, intimate relationship. I just didn't know how, how I was going to do that when I had so many blocks that I had to work through. And so I went in deep, I mean deep, and I was working with osteopaths, somatic healers, and I really had to, you know, address the wounds around self-trust, self-worth. And it was, it was a very, I think I've, I fell off the grid for about six months to eight, six to eight months in the pandemic because I was doing such deal, deep healing work. And I mean, no one was really going out and socializing, but I really took that time to, um, yeah, to go inward and, and do this work. And, um, and when I got out on the other side of it, when I, it was, I, I still remember when I, it was in August around my birthday of 2021, where I woke up one day in August and I felt, I felt like, oh, wow, I feel whole. Like I feel, I don't feel like there's this hole in my heart or like this missing piece that I always kind of felt was there. And I always, I always felt like I wasn't fully complete on my own. And so I woke up and I just felt this extreme joy and bliss and sense of peace within myself that I had never felt in my life before. Um, and so once I came out on the other side and I came into the, I came out of my cocoon, that is when I started reassessing my life and where I want to go and what I want to do. And so that's when the decision to move to or to leave to go travel started. And living in Mexico has taught me sur about to surrender, to release control, and also to let go of expectations because I had always had a tight grip on things, wanting to, you know, control or know the out know the outcome or know the answer, like in terms of mostly in terms of relationships, but also just in life, in business, and, you know, especially in the context of relationship. That was, you know, the story of my life was wanting to figure out like who who I'm gonna be with or how I'm gonna meet them and, you know, all of these things that I was pondering all the time and it always threw me for like a loop and it was very mentally exhausting because I always just wanted to like figure it out. That's not really how it works. We can't figure out relationships. They just happen. And so I think, and I always wanted this sense of control. And obviously that was 
hindering my ability to get into a relationship because I didn't want to be vulnerable. And so I had to work on that a lot. And when I came here, I met my girlfriend in a very interesting way. After one week of being in Mexico City, we met on Bumble. And um, we met on Bumble. She invited me to her friend's birthday party which I thought was really interesting for a first date. There was like 15 people there, so we couldn't really have like a intimate conversation. And I thought, you know, she's cool. Like, I like her. And then she told me she lives in London. And I was like, oh, great. Okay, well, I'm definitely not getting involved in a long-distance love affair. Like, no freaking way. I've done way too much work on myself to even consider something like that. And, of course, going, you know, all of this going through my head and making, putting up all these walls before anything even happens. I mean, we've gone on one date, and I'm already, like, you know, trying to see if we can, you know, have a life together. And then my brother was the one that convinced me, go on date number two. What's the big deal? You're in Mexico City. You know, you don't, you don't really know many people here. Maybe she can be your tour guide. I thought, okay, like, yeah, she could be my tour guide. And so we went on the second date and then everything changed. And I don't know, I just, um, we really hit it off. And by the third date, I was at her family's big Mexican wedding. Doesn't get more (laughs) lesbian or Mexican than that. And then she had to go back to London after a month of being here. And, but I knew in my heart that I wanted to continue it. And so did she. And, but I was moving, I was living in Mexico and she was going back to London, but she had always talked about moving back to Mexico. And so, well, she planned to actually move back to Mexico. And so I flew to London twice to go see her. So basically I said that I wasn't going to do a long distance thing and I ended up doing it. You know why? Because We have to follow our heart. And sometimes things happen in the most unexpected way. And this was definitely one of them. And that, and, you know, I learned, well, she has taught me so much about releasing expectation and, you know, everything having having to, you know, work out a certain way. Because, I mean, I definitely didn't think I'd be flying to London twice um, while I was just moving to Mexico. But, you know, my heart was being called to do it. And, you know, you have to, you have to honor that. And so that has been a big lesson from this year is letting go of expectations of how things should work out and trying to plan, trying to analyze, because that's what I was always doing before. And also the same thing in the context of my career, you know, in the past, I always had a very, I had a very clear idea. I finished university and then I worked for this fitness company for a couple of years. And then I started my own business because I had gone through a lot of my struggles with, you know, body image, depression, um, all of these things. And I, I, I just knew in my soul that I wanted to help people and transform them from the inside out. It was like, this is my purpose at this time. And I knew it and I took inspired action. But, and so of course, I didn't think there would ever be a point in my life where I wouldn't feel inspired or like the next step was just right in front of me waiting for me to take it and just knowing that that's the step that I need to take. You know, of course, I thought this would be a linear journey as well. I thought, okay, well, my relationship, my relationship journey hasn't really been linear. It's very been up and down, but my business and career path had always been up to now fairly linear. And so it... um 
But what happened was I I got into this period of contemplation again, where, you know, with my career of, you know, I love, I love what I'm doing now, coaching, you know, coaching my clients online, but I knew that I wanted to expand and also expand in a different direction, but I didn't know really what that looks like or what it, what it is. And so I would, you know, I was going through my head and analysis paralysis, you know, I, I can do this and I could be a consultant and maybe I should be a full-time podcaster or, or like, you know, jumping from idea to idea instead of actually just just sitting with myself and uh, and like sinking into my body and asking myself, okay, I can do many things, but what is it that I'm really meant to do? What is it that I like doing? And I think that I really do feel like, you know, we always talk about our purpose or how do I find my purpose? Well, I think part of discovering our purpose is simply asking ourselves the question of, you know, what do I enjoy doing? Like, what do I really like to do? whether it's connecting with people, coaching people, um, whether it's getting my message across, getting your message across through speaking, through writing. So it's, I, so I started doing, I started journaling and spending time sink and sinking into my heart space and asking myself these questions. And um, so I was always comfortable like in the past, you know, when I was taking action and I felt secure when I was taking action and doing business and all of that, right? And so this one threw me for a loop when I was a little confused and scattered on what I want to do next. And it felt like I was a little bit out of control. And so again, what I've learned is that we don't always need to be taking action. Sometimes simply being is, and sometimes simply being and and being in stillness is where the magic lies and getting out of our head and into our heart. That's where our brilliance is and that's where the answers come. If we just allow ourselves to tune in and to just be silent, right? Um, so I've learned, you know, I've always had a really strong and powerful intuition. I've always known this my whole life. And for some reason, I've always discarded it and I've always allowed my my chatter and my mind to take over. And so this year has been actually a lot about that, about quieting the mind and, and, and sinking into and getting into my heart space and, you know, being and feeling okay about being unsure of the direction and, uh, you know, being okay with, you know, feeling a bit anxious about, you know, how things are going to unfold. And so I've, I've really practiced that and being okay with having fears about taking the next step. You know, I never really had that in the past. I just, you know, I felt like this is what I want to do. And then I would take action. And now I, I kind of came to this place where some of those fears had to crop up, you know, uh, pop up, you know, and, um, but if I think back to all my life experiences, um, it's like when you're at the edge or when you feel like your feet can't quite touch the ground, that's when you're about to do something exciting. And I know that I thrive off of that. So when I'm in this place of like, okay, I'm a little scared, but I need to take the step. I feel like I definitely thrive in this place. And so, you know, that's been, that's been the theme. That's been a theme in relationships, in business, and in my personal healing. Like just knowing that, I might go into this dark place temporarily because I need to, you know, address some things and work through some things. And yeah, it might be scary and, you know, I'm, I'm going into the unknown, but I know that it's going to lead to reward and freedom and joy on the other side of it. And so 
those are the biggest lessons that I've learned this last year. Um, and those are the lessons that I'm going to be carrying with me into this year. And another thing has been about, you know, yeah, releasing, I think I talked a little bit about this, but releasing expectation about, you know, where I should be or, you know, what I should be doing. You know, we, it's funny, like, I think that this is so ingrained in our culture, right? In Western culture about do, 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 produce, produce, produce. And if I'm not here, then, you know, if you're not producing, then you're not, you're not um, doing enough, right? And so that had been drilled into my brain and I've had to really let that go. And also accepting the present moment, accepting what is now because if we don't accept what is now how can we possibly move forward and so that's been another big lesson this year and I'm gonna say that though that wraps up everything I'm pretty sure that I've touched on everything that I wanted to touch on in this solo episode I hope you guys you know, took away something from it. I just made the purpose of this first episode was just to open things up again. And I just wanted to kind of let you guys know where I'm at, where my headspace is at, what insights I've gained this last year and where I'm headed to. So anyways, it has been a wild year overall, but I feel very centered, aligned, and ready to go. And I'm very excited to kick off the show again and interview some amazing new guests from different backgrounds and different areas of expertise. And once again, the purpose of this show, guys, is to gain insights on all things lifestyle related. So topics ranging from relationships, sex and intimacy, health and wellness, self-development, business, and really to provide you with valuable and practical takeaways that you can apply to your own life. So thank you for tuning in. And if you like this episode, please share with your friends, family, co-workers, and I'll be back next week with our first guest. I can hardly wait. Take care and talk to you soon.